If you have your Bibles, I need you to turn to Philippians. We're in the third chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 9 uh, this evening. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 9. And as we continue our journey through the book of Philippians, we are seeing that uh, Paul has uh, been uh, challenging the church. And, of course, we've been challenged as well about maturing in our faith and about us being light, about us uh, being what we should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now in these two verses, uh, if you had to put a title on this uh, evening's message, it would be simply, uh, give it up. Just give it up. Now, I didn't say give up, okay? I said give it up. Well, what are we talking about here? Well, uh, Paul in uh, verses 4 through 6, uh, he does a uh, spiritual audit. He starts taking inventory of all the things that he had uh, put his confidence in or how he was looking at himself as being a spiritual man. And uh, he started just putting all that down. And uh, this is what he came up with. He came up with this mindset that all these things that I've listed means absolutely nothing. But what I've gained in the Lord Jesus Christ means everything. That's true for us tonight, is it not? And so we're going to look, uh, just a few moments that we have together. Uh, your children are... Uh, Feasting on pizza tonight. Okay? So, uh, since I'm not back there, I made sure that all the drinks were sugary. Uh, I made sure that, uh, you know, there was donut. You know, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll get paid back for that because I'm, <clears throat> this year, uh, uh, I don't know how it came about, but I got talked into going to children's camp. Y'all just can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> I can't think of a better person to go to camp with them kids than Brother Mike. Yeah, the old man, okay? Well, I'm going to teach those little youngins a few things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach them a few things. So uh, <laughs> they'll probably teach me a few things. We're in verse number seven. This is what the, the Bible says. It says, but what things? We've already talked about that, remember? In verses 4 through 6. We're going to look at that just uh, a little bit more. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, I, uh, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win, or you can substitute the word gain, that I may gain Christ. And look at verse number 9. And be found, uh, being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the, righteous, the righteousness 
which is of God by faith. Okay? Now, I'm emphasizing here because understanding, and we've talked a little bit about, uh, about Paul, and of course we go back to the uh, Damascus Road experience. But in verses 4 through 6, Paul is talking about these things. In verse number 7, we're going to see his commitment his commitment to those things he thought were getting him more spiritual, okay? And he starts to list those things. But he, he makes mention about the flesh. He says, now, if you want to talk about the flesh, I'm your man. Because understand, he was, of course, he was a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He gives all of his credentials, uh, we also see that uh, the flesh was what was having to be worked out to be able to obey the law. He had to do it in his flesh. He says, hey, I know how to do all that. But then he goes on and he says, oh, you want to talk about circumcision? We understand uh, in the, uh, the Jewish uh, law, circumcision, uh, that uh, that was an outward sign that uh, you've gotten everything right. All right. He says, oh, I was circumcised on the eighth day. But then he goes on and talks about some other things. And he says, hey, I've done that. He says, I was a Pharisee. He says, and you want to talk about being passionate? I was passionate. He says, now, the zeal that I had is because, understand, Paul, Paul was sincere in his religious belief. Okay? Now, we've got to catch this because we're, we're seeing that unfold before our very eyes tonight. And in the country in which we live, the world in which we live, there are those who are very sincere about their, quote, religious belief. And they're passionate about it. And, and, and here's the problem that we have is that uh, you take the Muslim faith uh, and we're, we have all kinds of comments about that and we'll hear words like this. They're the extremists or they're, uh, they're, they're the radical ones. My dear friend, I'm not very well versed in Islam, but I've read enough to know they are not radical. They're just passionate about what they really believe. So, so don't fall into the trap. Don't get politically correct crowd and say they're peace-loving. If you read their writings and you understand their writings, they do not promote peace. They promote war, hatred, killing us who are not like them. They're passionate about it. Paul was passionate and we've looked at that. Paul was passionate about going and locking up men and women who were professing to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was passionate about making sure that he was going to get rid of them. He was really believing in his heart. He was really believing that he was doing God a favor. So don't go around saying where they're just they're just, uh, just wackos, they're weirdos, they're not. They're passionate, they're sincere. But the problem is, Paul had that in mind. Paul was on his way, mind you, to go ahead and do some others in, but that's when he met the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he met the Lord Jesus Christ, it changed everything. But uh, I wrote this quote down. It's a good quote. Uh, quote. Uh, it is not an original quote. 
but I wrote it down because it, it, it says this. It says, he is no fool to give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me read that. It looks like he didn't sink into what we're trying to tell you here. He is no fool to give which he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. There's where Paul is at here. Paul said that when he met Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, he understood it wasn't about religion, it was about a relationship. Paul understood that even though he had uh, blasted uh, believers, now he's blessing believers. Uh, Paul understood that one time he had malice in his heart for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he has joy for them. What changed Jesus Christ and knowing him in a personal way. And so Paul is reminding them, he says, I am committed to the fact that these things that I thought were to my gain were nothing but loss. And that holds true for us tonight, does it not? Some of those things that you thought you were, that was putting to your gain was actually adding up to your loss. See, here's what we got to understand, and, and I hope you hear my heart, and hopefully I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling you in a way that uh, it's going to be a very clear understanding. I am not uh, saying uh, anything we know about doctrine. We ought to have doctrine. We ought to have doctrine that's, that's biblical doctrine. I'm not saying that, but your faith is not based upon doctrine. Okay, now watch. We, we, we have nothing wrong with reading your Bible through a year. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful goal. But why is the purpose for you reading your Bible? Is it just because you can go around and say, hey, I just want you to know, I read the Bible through in a year. Here, we, uh, one of the things that has burdened me about Awana is that the memory verses, and, and I thank God for our kids learning memory verses, but I'm more concerned about what they have in their heart. See, that's a concern for us as adults as well. You can read the Bible as many times as you want to, but if you're not getting it in your heart, and if it's not changing your behavior, and if you're understanding that your salvation, even though the Scriptures tell you how to get saved, the Scriptures show you who you need to, uh, uh, to rest upon and all, and all that. But here's what we need to understand tonight. What separates us from all the other false teachings, all the cults, all the other uh, philosophies out there is that our salvation is based on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not based on our denomination, even though I'm a Baptist, I'm a Baptist by conviction, but I'm telling you, if someone comes along and shows me that uh, we're not following the Bible, uh, then I'm going to go with the one who's following the Bible. I, 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 I love Southern Baptists. I'm a Southern Baptist. I was educated as a Southern Baptist. I have no problems with our... Oh, I do have some problems with our denomination because we've done some stupid things. But that's another story uh, for another day. But that's not where my salvation lies in. It lies in that I've placed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I didn't... And by the way, nothing else needs to be added to it. Now, look at the verse. Paul says, I count it 
I'll count it these things. That's a very interesting word. The word counted means two things, actually. It means, first of all, that it was a completed act. A completed act. Here's what Paul's saying. He says, I counted. I, I started looking at all the things that I had done in the past. All of these things that where I was a Pharisee and, 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 and I followed the law uh, the best I knew how to follow. He, he says, I put all that and then I realized what Jesus Christ has done for me. And when I started putting it side by side, those things I thought were adding to my spirituality were actually taking it away. See, my spirituality, my growth and becoming spiritual and becoming righteous is not how much I do, but believing in what he did. Okay? So he says, I count it. It was a completed act. Now, when we talk about completion, that means you don't have to add anything else, right, to it? Right? It's completed. All right? I know this is deep. I know. Complete means nothing else needs to be done. But here in the word usage that Paul's speaking of in this is he's saying that when I met Jesus Christ, he said he did a work in my life that changed my thinking, that changed my way of life, that changed my motives, that changed my perspective on things. He says, when I got saved, I, everything got saved. My mind, he says, my heart, and he goes on. And by the way, and I'll just throw this one in. He also saved your wallet. Some of y'all are not getting this. I'm telling you, when Jesus saved you, he saved all of you. And he changed your way of thinking. He changed your motives. He changed your perspective. Those things at one time that you thought really was adding to your life, you realize it's nothing to me now. That when I got Jesus, I got all I needed. And if I get all of Jesus and I understand that he has saved me and he saved me for the uttermost and he has saved me for all eternity and he has saved my way of thinking and I don't do some of the things I used to do, that also talks about my wallet. I don't spend the money on the things I used to spend money upon because why? Because I found out that added nothing to me. But when I now I, I get excited about being the opportunity to give to where someone can go and do a mission trip to Honduras I now give oh, the when I was going to the bars and all of that where I was spending my money there and losing all of my money. Now I'm spending my money and sending a, a kid to See, that's that. Why, 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 how did that happen? Jesus Christ. He changed my life. And I understood that by faith, I trusted in Him, and I've never been the same again. That's exactly what Paul's talking about here. But, but we also see not only is this a completed act, but also it's a continual act. Here, prior, about 30 years prior, Paul has come to recognize that those things that he thought were gain are now lost. He's still thinking that way. 
See, I, I, I have some issues with some things. And one of those is people that say, well, I don't believe in eternal security. Well, why not? Because I know this old boy. He ain't been in church in 40 years. And you're telling me he's saved? I said, uh, well, it's not me to answer that question. Right? But there should be some evidence. Amen? Amen? And so here, so I always say, that's not the question. The question is, did he really get saved? Because if you really get saved, it changes the way you live. Now, I'm not talking you don't sin. I'm not saying that you don't mess up along the way. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you there should be no questions marked that when people see you in action and they hear you talk and they see how you work and all these things like that, they ought to see some type of a difference. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. He says, those things that I thought were adding to my life were really taking away from my life. And by the way, when I really started to live is the day I decided to die. Die to myself. Crucified in Him and raised in newness of life. And so he goes and he talks about uh, counted. He says uh, those, uh, that is a continual fact. But I also want you to understand that the word loss here is used in Acts chapter 27. In Acts chapter 27, same word use, loss. The word is used in the context. You know the story. Paul is on his way to Rome. He's on a ship. Now we understand that they were putting a cargo in the ship. He, along with some other prisoners, uh, they were put on the ship as well. And, and so they're, they're setting uh, sail. Of course, Paul gives them a warning, says, hey, I think you ought to do this. And they said, uh, you know, you're not running this thing. We are. And they get into a storm. I'm making the story short. Uh, they get into the storm. I mean, it's storming pretty bad. And so we see that the crew now is throwing cargo overboard. Now, that cargo was going to the owner for his gain. Now they're throwing the cargo overboard even though the owner is losing. They were gaining because by throwing the cargo overboard, they were able to live. Now that's a beautiful picture of what Paul's describing to us. See, here's the problem with some people here is that maybe you haven't thrown some cargo you should have thrown overboard. And because you haven't thrown your cargo overboard, I said, well, Brother Mike, now wait a minute. I've thrown a lot of stuff over there. I mean, I threw this over. I threw this over there. But could it be that you left a crate or two? And then you're starting to wonder why you're not making an impact. Why isn't God using me? Because you got some cargo you need to throw overboard. Now we can go down to the list, and I dare say that if we go through this list, it's going to hit somebody, and you're going to get oh, you know, we could say, well, maybe your cargo is your hot temper. I don't have problems with that, so 
Well, maybe your cargo's lack of patience. I don't have a problem with that. Maybe your cargo is that you have some jealousy. Maybe you have some cargo that you're just shamed and, and you have some guilt. Oh, you've been forgiven of it. And you know the Lord is asking you to forgive you, but you haven't been able to forgive yourself. See, here's the problem that we have is that if we're going to advance in our maturity, if we're going to advance of uh, uh, being what God has called us to be, we need to throw some cargo overboard. Because it has come to under all that that, that I thought that was going to help me in my business and, and all that. And, and Paul's reminding us that stuff needs to be thrown overboard. So maybe tonight I'm talking to someone, your ship is breaking up, and you're thinking, Why well, well, I don't know what I need to do. I, I need to do this. Maybe it's the cargo that's hindering you. But then he goes on and talks about loss and gain and then we move into verse number eight look at verse number eight he starts to uh, give some illustrations a uh, more analogy if you will as he uh, goes and he says uh, that he has suffered the loss of all things okay he's thrown all of his cargo overboard he says and now I count them but dung. Now, dung has a number of meanings. Some say rubbish. Some say it's the trash, the garbage that they would throw outside into the city dump. Some say it was waste. No need to go further with that. You know where I'm talking about. You get the picture. He says that's all dung. It's rubbish. Means absolutely to me, no more. I've thrown it out. But then there's a, in verse number two of the same chapter here, Paul is talking about false teachers. And he describes them as dogs. There was a sermon that I listened to in my, one of my homiletic classes. And it's, uh, the title of the sermon is Watch Them Dogs. And it was an African-American uh, preacher, and he was preaching about the dogs in the church. Now, I don't do justice uh, that he was very uh, colorful in his illustration, but he talked about the poodle dogs. You know the poodle dogs, the ones that always have the new dress on, and they always want to sit in front. And they'll strut down like a little poodle dog. And they'll sit down and they look around saying, boy, I hope everybody saw me. <laughs> then he started going and talking about uh, other kind of dogs. And he says, there's some junkyard dogs in the church. You know, they're just mean. I mean, they just mean. They just, yeah, yeah. You know, you come in and, and everybody's in a happy mood. And, you know, the sun's shining. The temperature's ideal. It's about 72 degrees. And they'll come in and say, hey, isn't it a wonderful day? Ah, it's too stinking hot. <laughs> then he goes on and on. Here, in the reference here, he's talking about false teachers or dogs. Dogs go to the garbage dump. We have a dog at our house. 
Well, let me rephrase that. My daughter and son-in-law and grandson have a dog at my house. <laughs> this dog is driving me nuts. He wants to chew on everything and he's just unruly and I'm wanting to do away with him and all this kind of, and I'm getting, and, and then I get all worked up about it. And, uh, but he, uh, I noticed that he'll go to the gar, he, he'll go to the trash can and he'll, he'll get in there, stick his whole head in there and bring stuff up. He's brought diapers that, uh, that, that uh, Ezekiel was uh, done away with. And I'm not, you, you, know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And, and he's tearing, and then I'll come in one day and there's dirty diapers spread all over the house. And I'm going and I'm saying things, I didn't cuss. I, I, I'm saying things that, that make, I'm mad. I'm going to kill that dog. Where's that dog at? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And I'm right with that stinking dog. And uh, then they come in. I said, get rid of this dog. I hate this dog. And, well, what's wrong with it? Look what he did. He got in the garbage and he's bringing all this stuff through my house. That's what false teachers do. They'll bring all that garbage and rubbish that means absolutely nothing to you about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they'll spread it all over the church if we're not careful. You better watch them dogs. And then we see, as he talks about it, he goes and still continues this theme about uh, count it loss. And, and then he goes in the latter part of that verse and he talks about righteousness. But I came across this story. Very interesting story. General Washington. It's in the Revolutionary War. They're crossing Brandywine Creek. There's a bridge over that. And so they cross the bridge. And one of the soldiers said, General Washington, do we burn the bridge? Or do we leave it just in case we have to retreat and go back over it. General Washington looked at the soldier very sternly and said, burn the bridge. Victory or death. That's what Paul's talking about. Not only have you thrown your cargo overboard, but you haven't burned your bridge because you're thinking, maybe this thing won't work out. I got news for you. If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you have victory and will never retreat. And so here, what we need to understand is there's times when we don't need to burn bridges, but this is one of the times we need to burn bridges because we have to determine and we have to make up our mind who will we serve? Who are we going to be faithful to? Where does my hope lie in? My hope lies in knowing Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. And I put, so to speak, 
all my uh, eggs in one basket. And I'm telling you, he's got a pretty good basket to put your eggs in because we understand that there's no going back. I believe we sang a song before about there's no going back. There's no going back. See, here's the problem that we have in our churches. We have those that are looking for some answers. They're looking for uh, some contentment. They're looking for peace. And so what are they doing? They're going to try this church one day. I don't quite like that church. So they're going to try this other church. And then they start going, well, maybe, and, and basically what they're doing is they're trying to find a church. They're trying to find a preacher that's going to accommodate their sinful lifestyle. And so what they're doing is I got to find me a place. And like all the other things that I've tried where I find no contentment, I don't want to burn my bridges. I'm not making a total surrender, uh, a total commitment to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because it might not work out. Ever thought about that? So I, 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 got, I, got, a, I got a plan B. Well, if you have that type of attitude, you might need to check your salvation experience. Because the God that I serve... What he did, he did incomplete. There's no plan B here. And so Paul is saying that we need to count some things that we thought were gained to us. We need to count it as loss. Now, in verse number 9, and we're wrapping up. And then he starts to talk about the righteousness. He says, now, here's the problem that I had. He says, my righteousness was my righteousness. He says, my righteousness was based on what I was doing, what I thought was the right thing to do. And, and then he goes on and talks uh, quite a bit at length about righteousness. Well, uh, just some things that we need to see when it pertains to righteousness is that the Bible is quite clear that our righteousness is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, because he has justified us, he has made us righteous. And if our righteousness is in him, then we're righteous. So I can go around and you'll say, well, you just think you're righteous. I know I'm righteous, not because of my self-righteousness, but because my righteousness is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my Jesus, he's the righteous judge. He does everything in completeness. And so I have put my trust in him and he's in me. So yes, I can stand before you just like you can if you're truly saved and you know you're saved and you based your salvation placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ then you can say I'm righteous not because of who you are but because of whose you are all right so he goes on and talks about righteousness and then he closes he says having said all of this I'm in verse 9 if I can find it he says and I'll be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul has come to understand. You want to talk about being a righteous man? He says, I'm your man, but not because of the righteousness I once had, because the righteousness that I once had 
was not based upon faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was based on how well I was performing. And the last time I checked, every one of us comes short. Every one of us comes short. So here's my thought. We're fixing to come to invitation. We've been talking about speaking life and being light to a dark world. Y'all remember that? Talking about that? That, you know, sometimes we do get self-righteous, don't we? Sometimes we have memory loss. And so when we come in contact with people that we really don't want to hang with. And so what do we do? We point fingers at them. And we'll say, well, they need to do this. And they need to do this. Well, how will they know? They're lost. They're acting like they're supposed to act. Lost people act like lost people. Just like you did. And just like I did. And the only reason why we can be here tonight and the only reason why we have security in our salvation is not based on our performance because every, every one of us failed at that. But we place it, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. And a lost and dying world doesn't know any better. Amen. And that's our job. To go just like Paul did. Oh, let me tell you. Going to a drunkard. You just need to quit drinking. What would happen if we just come along and says, hey, man, been there. Been there. Lost three jobs. Lost my family. But when I found Jesus Christ, I found what I needed. And His grace is sufficient. See the difference? Prostitute. Burning her neighborhood. Look at her. How could she dress like that? I'll tell you what. Them bunch of heathen, you know, and that's how we do, don't we? Said, look at her. Look at her. Don't she? She, she ought to have some upbringing about her. She's lost. She's lost. See, that's, that's the reason why we're not making the impact, church. Because we're not speaking life to them. We're not telling them how they can change their life. We're not telling them that they can know Jesus Christ in a personal way because that's how I met Jesus Christ. And I want you to know you haven't gone far enough to where he cannot reach. And if it wasn't by the grace of God, I'd be in the drunk tank. I'd be incarcerated. I'd be in rehab. I'd be at the rescue mission. I'd be living in my car. It's only by the grace of God that any of us are where we're at tonight. And we've forgotten that. Those things that I thought were gain, I count loss so that I may win Jesus Christ. Give it up. Give it up. Give it 